0: An old car that breaks down for the last time. A sports team that knows it can't win. A business that finally calls it quits. In all these situations, we'd say they gave up the ghost. In the Bible, the phrase describes death. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all said to have given up the ghost when they died. It just means that they breathed their last breath. In the Biblical languages and in Old English, breath, spirit, and ghost or geist were all one word. And so for Abraham and for others, it was a case of their body returning to the dust and their spirit or ghost or geist returning to God. See Ecclesiastes 12 verse 7, for instance. We're all destined to tread this same path. Our spirits animate us for a while, but soon we give up the ghost and down to the dust go our bodies. I don't know what you make of that song from The Lion King, The Circle of Life. Uh, It's incredibly catchy as a tune, but uh, to be honest, I can't sing it. When I realize that I am dust and I'm destined for the dustbin, I just don't feel like singing, especially since the Bible argues it's more of a semicircle, really. If, if life naturally runs its course, then we emerge from the cosmic compost heap only to sink back down into the sludge. Just after Adam sinned, the Lord told him, "'Dust you are, and to dust you will return.'" That's the kind of life we've inherited from Adam. It's not a life cycle. It's a one-way arrow pointing straight down to the grave. And there's no way out. Our natural life, the life of the flesh, only produces more flesh. We can't generate spiritual life from our own resources. We are perishing. And one day we will all give up the ghost. So what does the Son of God do when he sees his handiwork perishing? It should never cease to amaze us. He comes to perish too. Even the word our maker gives up the ghost. John was there at the cross to see it happen. Let me read to you John chapter 19 from verse 30 in the old King James Version. John chapter 19 verse 30, Jesus said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Here is the Lord of glory going the way of all the earth. But why should the author of life subject himself to death? Well, let's hear from the 4th century bishop, Athanasius. And I think he captures so beautifully why Jesus would give up the ghost. Athanasius writes, For this purpose, then, the word of God entered our world. In one sense, indeed, He was not far from it before, for no part of creation has ever been without Him, but now He entered the world in a new way, stooping to our level in His love and self-revealing. He saw the race of men wasting out of existence and death reigning over all in corruption. He saw that corruption held us all the closer because it was the penalty for the transgression. All this he saw and pitying our race, moved with compassion for our limitation, unable to endure the death, unable to endure that death should have mastery rather than see his creatures perish, he took to himself a body, a human body even as our own. Because all our bodies were liable to the corruption of death, he surrendered his body to death instead of all and offered it to the Father. This he did out of sheer love for us, so that his death, so that in his death all might die, and the law of death thereby be abolished. Do you hear what Athanasius is saying? Jesus took on himself our life of the flesh, and he took it to the place where all flesh goes down to the grave. Yet as Acts chapter three says, it was impossible for death to hold the author of life. He punched a hole through that death and came out into the life of the Spirit. When Jesus gave up the ghost, it was not an admission of defeat. It was the most incredible victory. On the cross, He gave up His Spirit so that you and I could have Him forever.